Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. All righty, hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get to this Dean Blandino story in just a second, but... I think the biggest takeaway from yesterday in the NFL was from that Cowboys and Bills game where the Dallas Cowboys are now back and the Buffalo Bills are back as well, but they have different meanings because for the Buffalo Bills, them being back is okay through all the hiccups that they had this season. They're eight and six. They got three games remaining and really the only tough game is going up against the Miami Dolphins. So bare minimum, Barring something crazy happening in those two weeks before the Miami game, they're going to have 10 wins going into that Dolphins game. Dolphins have a tough schedule. We'll see if the Dolphins end up winning the AFC East. But even with how crammed it is and how packed it is, I do believe Buffalo's going to the playoffs. And I started this last week, and I'll double down on it this week. I think Buffalo has an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I do. And And I think Buffalo is going to the Super Bowl. We are in a year in the AFC where and also the NFL, we've seen so many quarterbacks go down. So to just have a healthy quarterback this time of the year gives you a massive advantage. And yesterday, Buffalo's offensive line came alive. You then also saw James Cook, who was having a really good underrated season. He's like second or third in rushing yards. But he had a monster day. And that defense, even though the defense isn't great, and we'll see if they get back Matt Milano, Uh, You know, Tredavious White is done for the season. But that defense was dominant yesterday, but showed me that they could be serviceable the rest of the season. And it would be very fitting for Buffalo to wind up going on a run where last year they were the team that everyone was picking to go to the Super Bowl, and they massively failed. So then this year, a lot of people jumped off the Buffalo bandwagon. We basically wrote their eulogy four or five weeks ago And now they're starting to come back to life. So Buffalo, even not needing really Josh Allen to play great yesterday, were not only able to beat the Cowboys, but they embarrassed the Dallas Cowboys. And that goes into Dallas. Dallas, every year, they dress themselves up as this 11, 12, 13 win team as they have the looks of someone that should look great. And right, and that should be a great team. But then you see flaws. And it just shows you how week to week this league is. Last week, the Dallas Cowboys took it to the Eagles, and it was the first big-time performance we saw from the Cowboys this year. And everyone is just praising and overly praising the Dallas Cowboys. Even I, last week, was praising what Dallas can be and what Dallas did, even knowing, for the better part of the last three years, I've always said about Dallas, 
they look great in the regular season, and then come playoff time, they will fold. And they will choke. But the problem I have with Dallas yesterday isn't just that they lost the game. Because they weren't going to win out. But it's they were non-competitive. And Dallas in their building, compared to being on the road, looked like a different team. And from a talent standpoint, even though I like Buffalo going into the game, and I like Buffalo to win, Dallas has more talent than the Bills this year. They are a more talented team on both sides of the ball. And you were watching, let's say, football for the first time, you would have thought that the the Cowboys were a team struggling all throughout the year, and the Bills were this dominant team from start to finish. So both of those teams showed you who they really are and what they will continue to be for the rest of the season. Dallas will have moments where they crush the inferior teams. You know, I'm sure they'll find a way in the playoffs to beat whoever wins the NFC South, whether that's New Orleans or whether that's Tampa Bay. But when push comes to shove, in a big spot, in a big moment, division round, NFC title game, you just won't trust them. You know, Dallas Dallas reminds me a lot like Jacksonville right now. Even though Dallas has been around for a lot longer in terms of expecting more out of them. But it is kind of amazing how teams like Dallas, Jacksonville, you know, also to, you know, to some extent, yeah, no, Detroit as well. How those three teams, they have the looks of really good teams. And Jacksonville now a little bit different at eight and six. And we know where the, the Cowboys and the Lions are trending to in terms of their record. But all three of those teams at times have looked like really good teams this year. But then in those big games, it's not only as if they don't win them. Because it's one thing not to win them, but to not even show up. Like Jacksonville three times this year. Had a big game against Kansas City. Big game against the 49ers. Big game against the Ravens. And you didn't show up in all three of them. And that was Dallas yesterday. It's like, how do you not even show up? How do you not even put up a fight? And that's my problem with the Cowboys. And that just further reiterates and reconfirms to me what the Dallas Cowboys are. They're frauds. They're a good team. They're not a great team. And in a game like that yesterday, it cost Dak Prescott the MVP. It did. Dak was a serious momentum push to go win the MVP. And then he loses that game. And now it's like, okay, all that talk for a week. Yep, just let it go right out the window. It's done and over with. And the Cowboys are back to how we uh, analyze the Cowboys for most of the season. Expect to be disappointed with the Cowboys. All righty, so that's a little bit on the Bills and the Cowboys. That game yesterday, we had to comment on it and circle back to it. Uh, let's now get to Dean Blandino. So for years, we've talked about, especially with gambling being legalized, that the NFL or any professional sports' biggest fear are players gambling on the games. I actually don't think that should be the biggest fear. It's the officials gambling on the games. Now, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. Like, I'll listen. But I'm not a big conspiracy guy when you lose a bet and then you see a call that doesn't go your way. Oh, how much money did this coach or how much money did this player? How much money did this official have? But I do acknowledge there is going to be someone, and there's already been people, right, that gamble when they're not supposed to gamble. How many suspensions did we see this year uh, in the NFL in this offseason? But I think when players bet, they're usually betting on themselves or they're betting on their teammates, or they're betting on friends that they're not going up against. So I don't know how much players betting really impacts the game. Now, if you have a player saying, 
you know, my over-under is six and a half catches, and I'm going to take my under. And he just so happens to drop what would have been the seventh catch because he had, I don't know, like $100,000 on it. All right, he's impacting the game. And I'm not saying players should be allowed to gamble. I'm not. Because rules are rules, whether you like them or not. Those are the rules, and I understand why the NFL would not want players gambling. And once you open up Pandora's box, oh, you could bet on yourself, but it has to be in a positive way. Well, then you're just losing everything. You can't do that. You can't. Even if a player's like, oh, I'm going to bet my over on yards every week, it just can't happen. But officials are never talked about in this equation or rarely talked about. And I'm sure, right, as Dean Blandino says, they've been approached by gambling uh, agencies and things like that and people associated with gambling to get the officials on their side. It's, you know, if you don't think that didn't occur, then you're living in like this kind of naive world, let's just say. But that's my biggest fear, as we kind of just saw with the NBA, where, you know, I've talked to Tim Donaghy before, and he was betting on the games, or he was giving advice to people that were betting on the games and things like that. But Tim Donaghy, he claims he never let a call get impacted based off the advice he gave or what he was betting on. Which, I don't know about you, Samter. When Donaghy once said that, and he did that in an interview with me and a bunch of other people, I'm like, you're telling me when you tell all these uh, powerful people that are very intimidating and that could get you wiped off this uh, planet in about three seconds and one snap of a finger, if you give them, I don't know, like Spurs laying two and a half and it's a close game late, you're not going to make calls to make sure that you're right. Like that always does not pass me believing him, but that's what Tim Donaghy did claim and has claimed for years. But I think the officiating side of this, where for a while we've been programmed, and once you get programmed to say something, you just always repeat it. We've always been told, up oh, the NFL's worst fear, or Major League Baseball's worst fear, or the NBA's worst fear, or hockey's worst fear, or soccer, whatever sport, are the players risking the integrity of the game and throwing a game based off money, which is a fear. But I think most times, you know, players, they're going to bet on themselves, but if you need the money... You'll do desperate things, and then maybe you could throw a game. But officials, I do think it's easier for the Zebras to impact a game if, let's say, one of these gambling guys gets to them and make a direct impact because no one's going to really sit back there if there's a bad call happens. And I'm sure there'll be some people that go, up oh, that official's gambling on the game. But I think it's said in jest, and it's more so, oh, this is just the NFL officiating being bad, and that's always the out for uh, for NFL officials. And the difference is, like, you look at the amount of money that these players make, right? So if, if you're making eight, nine, ten, twenty million dollars a yeah. year as a player, and not everyone makes that, but it's it's a more lucr- it's more lucrative playing than it is refing. Sure, but the guys who have more of an ability to uh, impact the outcome of a game or a betting line are going to be making mm-hmm. more money, right? A guy making yeah. $350,000 on a rookie contract probably isn't going to have the ability to impact a game yeah, good point. to change the line. But the rest can change the line any second. And these guys make, I think the average is $200,000. The highest paid ref makes two hundred fifty k. It's nice money, but it's not life-changing money. Yeah. And so if some guy comes to you and is like, here's a million here's bucks. Here's a bag of cash. Here's a million bucks. Just you know, make a couple calls here and there and, and get this, you know, get this under or get this, you know, this line in. You know, it's it's interesting, and we all thought that refs were above it. We don't really think about it. And then when Blandino was talking about it today mm-hmm. on Awful Announcing Podcast, 
it started to raise red flags to me and to a lot of other people that like maybe there's more of a potential of something bad happening than not. So I'll play the audio in just a second, but I do find it funny, and this is my gripe with TV refs, how once they're no longer refing, these guys can't shut up. Blandino is now spilling the beans and telling us that refs are are getting talked to by people that are involved in the gambling world. They're getting approached, and he talks about the checks and balances that the NFL puts the refs through to make sure that they don't do things like this. And is the Sunday night guy, it's not John Parry, it's Terry McCauley. I, I wanted to go through the screen last night, take my hand, and I wanted to just punch Terry McCauley in the face last night. You know, I, I understand that it was a controversial play in the Jaguars game. And yes, on the second look, it did look like a catch. But for this guy to say it was clear and obvious right away, I'm like, there was nothing clear and obvious about that catch or any catch for crying out loud in the NFL because we don't know what a catch is. And it bugs me because I think it impacts the way that we talk about the games where the moment McCauley goes off like that, that every one of these aggregators and everyone on social media, they then harp on that play for the rest of the game. Like they went to commercial break, came back, McCauley's still talking about it. He didn't shut up about the catch that wasn't uh ended up being a catch, that they ruled that it was incomplete. It just drove me bonkers. And that's what that's what these officials do now, these TV refs. They either do it in the moment or then they wait and they find something and they bring it up like after 15 plays did go by. So McCauley, he was annoying me last night. And now uh, Dean Blandino spilling all the beans. Here's uh, Dean Blandino on awful announcing of the dangers of gambling infiltrating NFL officials. We've had situations and and they, you know, where people were approached. And we we okay. always told our game officials because they're in they're in hotels. We didn't want them wearing NFL branded gear, right? We didn't want we didn't wanted them to be inconspicuous because someone sees them and oh, those are the NFL officials and then you never know. You just don't know who you're going to come across and they know that they're supposed to go to NFL security if something like that happens and that, and that has happened in the past. So, it's a difference in saying that oh, NFL officials got approached and then also, oh, there's an official that actually took the money. And that's the other thing. Like, you talk about the the risks here, Santer. You know, an NFL official could look at it and go, I only make like $200,000 a year. You know, someone offers me, I don't know, $5 million to impact the game. That's life-changing money. But do you actually think you're going to get away with it? Now in the year of 2023, I don't think there's any secrets. I do believe everything eventually does come to light. And if that comes to light... Then you're going to the slammer. Then you're going to jail. Like, I don't know if there's enough money for me to go to prison in order to fix football games. But I do think that's interesting audio. It's one of the few TV ref audio that I actually like. Where Blandino goes, yeah, our guys have been approached. Now, here's my question, though, Santer. Is there any ref right now in the NFL today that got approached and is maybe impacting games? You know, I, I do wonder, did anyone actually take the money? Now, they're never, if they get approached, they're not going to the head of officiating and say, hey, guys, I got approached. And then you take the money, you'd be the biggest moron in the world. But I do wonder with how casual and how easy Blandino gave that information, are there officials right now that are advising gambling uh, companies or whatever, however it goes down, or, you know, maybe not legal people, let's just say, even in legalized gambling, where there are officials that are getting money in some gambling capacity 
And are they impacting the games? I mean, it raises the question that it's possible. Now, Blandino went on later in the uh, in the segment to explain that the NFL like monitors their bank accounts. They talk to the their, officials. The officials. Mm. They talk to their neighbors. They talk to their friends. Yeah. And like, hey, did they have a new car? Did they do any weird upgrades to their home? Did they do X Y Z? So they're constantly. Could being you imagine monitored. if you if you live by one of these rests? Because like, not every everyone says, oh yeah, they're friendly with their neighbor. But a lot of times, you're not usually friendly with your neighbor. Could you imagine you're just trying to like go get the newspaper? You go trying to get some milk or something like that, and you got like one of Roger Goodell's lackeys standing outside your 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 house saying, hey, <laughs> did the next door neighbor uh, did he have a new car? Is he having all these uh, extravagant parties and things like? Like that, I would get so annoyed. I'd move. I, I probably, but maybe there's something in it for you in the end. Who knows? But at the end of the day, like it seems like the NFL has a lot of different checks mm. and balances in place to keep this from happening. But like, there's offshore accounts and there's other yeah. ways to hide money and other ways to like yeah. get money. Into, I don't think this is DraftKings or yeah. FanDuel. And you know? all these, all ben these refs, all these refs have second jobs also, right? Some of them are accountants. Some of them. So who knows what kind of money they make? And there's ways that they can you know, show more money or show less money than they're actually pulling in. And or get a bag of cash and keep it under a mattress. Yeah, and listen, so far we've seen a lot of instances where guys have been suspended for gambling, but we haven't seen instances where guys were suspended for, like, impacting the game negatively. Mm-hmm. You know, Calvin Ridley had a 10-team parlay and the Jags were one of them, and he bet the Jags to win, yeah. right? Who cares, right? And like, there was that situation in Iowa in college. It, it, like, I, I'm going to say this. If there's a player that's going to throw a game, it's going to happen in college. Yeah, I don't think it happens in the NFL, but the officiating part is the one that I never thought about. Yeah, and then you have that Blandino audio, and I think it'd be naive for me to just totally dismiss it and say, "Oh, there's no way there's the officials aren't betting on the games or or giving advice or things like that." But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's definitely happening too. Totally agree, and the fact that he said it and admitted it makes me wonder. Yeah, it's like, are you just trying to? Be entertaining because now you're in the entertainment world, or or is there maybe some chatter behind the scenes, and you're just dropping some uh, some dimes for us, or or some uh, you know some snacks on the trail, or something like that, and say, hey, follow it and, and see what it uh, leads to. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We'll do no huddle offense next. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Touchdowns, sacks, upsets, and last-minute heroics. Another NFL Sunday is in the books, and we've got you covered with the biggest plays and sound bites from another wild week in the National Football League. It's time for No Huddle Offense on the Zach Gelb Show. All right, we start things off in Cleveland. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. The Browns are trailing, though. And then Joe Flacco found Amari Cooper for a 51-yard touchdown pass to tie this game up at 17 apiece. Flacco drifts right, throws, and he's got Cooper open. He caught it. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. I don't believe it. Cooper open, and Cooper tightrope walks down the sideline. Tippy toes in. Eventually, Dustin Hopkins would hit a 34-yard field goal to give the Browns a 20-17 lead. And Justin Fields let one rip right at the end of the game into the end zone. It was a Hail Mary. Darnell Mooney on his butt in the end zone. He's going to catch it. Oh, it goes up into the air and gets intercepted. That was wild. You know, when going back to that, that play from Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, Amari Cooper did more of the work. But then you go back. And you saw the way that Flacco fit that ball into a tight window with three defenders right in the area. It was insane because we had Amari Cooper on afterwards for Ion Football. And he was like, I've never had a pass thrown like me to, uh, fr- from a quarterback like that. And Joe Flacco's one of the best balls he's ever seen thrown. I go, really? And then I went back and watched it. I go, wow, what a throw that was. And then Cooper turned up the Jets and was able to find a way to uh, stay in bounds as well for that score. And you look at the Browns defense, they've been they've had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. Now Flacco is playing well his last two games. Can the Browns actually start to be a contender? I don't think so. But they could win a playoff game this year. Cause Joe Flacco is a playoff quarterback, even though he hasn't been in the postseason a long time. He used to scare the crap out of those Patriot teams, and he's actually beat them a few times in the postseason. And not only that, this is just a team that their defense is so good that if the other team gets contained, they go win a game 17 to 13. So I do believe the Browns have a ceiling this year. And that is they'll be in the playoffs. And I think they could win a playoff game. Joe Flacco, by the way, 374 yards in the game, two touchdowns and three interceptions. And David Njoku is having a career year. He had 10 catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper goes four for a buck nine. Jets and Dolphins. Dolphins blank the Jets 30 to nothing. Uh, did Tua Tunga-Vailoa silence his critics with this performance without Tyree Kill? Well, let's first listen up to Tua throwing a 60-yard passing touchdown to Jalen Waddle. Tua under center. Back to throw, looking deep down the left sideline. He wants one. He's got Touchdown Miami! There's a new cheetah in town. Boy, Jalen Waddle just spoke DJ Reed on coverage. Can we wake up the play-by-play guy? Can we make his microphone a little bit louder? Jeez. Now, I know they go to the early bird special in Miami, but I thought the play-by-play guy was was half asleep or maybe half in the bag. Who knows? But uh, good performance by two, a 21-24, 224 yards, a passing touchdown. Uh, Raheem Mostert has 20 total touchdowns on the season. Jalen Waddle goes eight receptions for a buck 42 and a score. I know I asked the right before we played the, uh, the cut. Did Tua silence his critics by dominating without Tyreek? I wouldn't say that. You know, he he played really damn good in the game, obviously. 
Now, the Jets have a good defense, but they have nothing on offense. They still need Tyreek Kill to go to a Super Bowl this year. I don't think Tua without Tyreek takes them to a Super Bowl. And for Tua, the game against Kansas City, the underthrow, and then the uh, fumbling of the snap concerns me. And last week, when you were up 14 with three minutes to go and you lose that game, that was inexcusable. Tua's a really good quarterback. I would not call him a great quarterback, but it was a good performance by him. And then also, how about Bradley Chubb? He had seven tackles in the game, three sacks, two forced fumbles, and also had a fumble recovery as well. Uh, let's go back to Saturday night. This was a game between the Bengals and the Vikings, Saturday afternoon, I should say, where it looked like Minnesota was going to win. You know, Minnesota at one point, they're up 17-3 to going into the fourth quarter. T. Higgins had a touchdown catch. Joe Mixon had a touchdown run. And then it's a tie game at 17-all. And then Jordan Addison gets a touchdown to make it 24-217. But then... There's a play that sometimes like if you're not watching the game or listening to the game and you're just seeing it on social media and you're just following a name on social media, you're like, wow, this person did that something really special. This is what transpired when T. Higgins caught this ball and then found a way to stretch out and get into the end zone. This was a 21-yard touchdown pass from Jake Browning that uh, tied up this game at 24 apiece that sent it to overtime. 48 seconds left in regulation on second and 10. Browning scrambling right, in trouble, throws it off his back foot toward the end zone. Oh. T. Higgins oh. wins a jump ball for the oh. football. Oh. It's a touchdown. Oh. Man. An incredible catch by oh, T. Man. Higgins. And the Bengals have scored with 39 seconds to go. So it was a great catch, but it was extending the ball and finding a way to get it into the end zone. And I forgot who uh, put this out there in social media, but... They compared it to the Odell catch. If on the actual catch of Odell, it was just the extension for T. Higgins. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Because you remember that crazy way that Odell uh, had his arm go back to catch the football? If you just take that catch and you describe that on just the extension that T. Higgins had, that's the best way to describe on the radio how he ended up going into the end zone for that one. And eventually Evan McPherson, Money Mac. Uh, Money McPherson gets the game-winning kick in overtime to win the game 27-24. to The Bengals are 8-6, and and the Vikings fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. And you look at the game that Jake Browning played. It's back-to-back weeks where he's done a good job. 324 yards passing, two touchdowns and a pick. And uh, T. Higgins goes for four for 61 with two touchdowns. Is Jake Browning going to be a legit NFL starting quarterback next season? It won't be for the Bengals because you get Joe Burrow back. I would still say I need to see more. Because the environment he's in in Cincinnati is a good one. Like, we don't give Zach Taylor enough credit for being the coach that he is. And then you also have, I know Jamar Chase got hurt, but you have Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, and you got Joe Mixon. You got a lot of good pieces and a lot of Super Bowl caliber experience, even though they haven't won one with some of the players and the runs that they've been on the last two years with the Cincinnati Bengals. All righty, we will uh, keep it moving, and we will stay uh, with Saturday as the Pittsburgh Steelers just got dominated by the Indianapolis Colts 30-13. to At one point, this was a 13-0 game, and the Colts scored 30 unanswered. Let's hear Gardner Minshew find Moali Cox, who, by the way, played uh, basketball at VCU. This was an 18-yard hookup for a score, and it made it 21-13. to And back to throw Minshew on first down near sideline. Toss caught. It's going to be a touchdown. It's Moali Cox. He got lost in the secondary, hit him on the fly, took it to the near right corner, 
his eighth catch of the season, his third touchdown. I don't know how the Colts do this. Like, I had to take a deep breath there. I, I really don't know how the Colts do this. They lost Anthony Richardson for the season. Jonathan Taylor has barely played for them. Shane Steichen right now would be my pick for coach of the year. You'd also consider D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski. And I know the Browns have dealt with a bunch of injuries, but at least the Browns have a ton of talent still. You then take a look at the Texans. At least they have C.J. Stroud. But when they're down 13-0, even with how bad Pittsburgh has been as of late, no one's thinking they're coming back. Or even if you think they're coming back, do you think they're scoring 30 unanswered? But that's what they ended up doing. And uh, my oh my, Minshew had the three passing touchdowns. The Colts also had 170 yards rushing as a team. Cowboys and Bills. Bills blow out the Cowboys. Here is James Cook on a 24-yard touchdown run. This was the cherry on top of the Sunday, made it 31-3. Give us to Cook. Goes behind Dawkins through a hole. Down to the 10, the 5, and he leaps into the end zone. James Cook with his second touchdown of the game. One receiving, one rushing. It is a blowout here in Orchard Park as the Cook has found the kitchen for the second time tonight. James Cook, 179 yards rushing in the game and a rushing touchdown. Also had 42 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. And Josh Allen only needed 94 passing yards. And the Bills win 31 to 10. Like, Santer, just uh, entertain me here for a second. Let's say I go back to Saturday. Not even Sunday, just Saturday. And we're talking before the game. And I say to you, you know what? Josh Allen's only going to have 94 passing yards in this game for the Buffalo Bills. You know, give me a prediction. What do you think the score is going to be between the Cowboys and the Bills? 100 to 3. <laughs> like, seriously. You, you would have thought it would have been a blowout. And Buffalo would have got shredded. Instead, Buffalo blew out the Cowboys. You know, there's certain moments that you remember. Like the Patriots and the Colts in that AFC title game where all they did was feed LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, the Patriots up against the Bills a few years ago where the Pats didn't even throw the ball in the second half and they beat Buffalo. Michigan this year up against Penn State where they had one passing attempt in the second half and then a penalty took it away. All Buffalo did yesterday was run the football. In the year of 2023, where it's pass, 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 Josh Allen only had seven completions for 15 attempts. They ran the ball 49 times for 266 yards. And my favorite play of the NFL season was James Cook earlier in the game where Deion Dawkins was run blocking and he took a defender from the 22-yard line down to the one that eventually set up a touchdown. That was Michael Orr like in the blind side in that movie scene where he uh, takes the defender and throws him into the dumpster. That was awesome. But what a performance it was for the Bills. And now the Bills, they're back. Like, I think this is more so the Bills being back than the Cowboys being bad. And don't get it twisted. Dallas is 10-4. and four. They'll have the look of a team that should be a Super Bowl contender, but they won't be because you can't trust them in a big spot. But Buffalo survived all the hiccups. And Deion Dawkins, who joined us last week, even said... You know, we're getting our confidence back. And it showed on Sunday, one thing to beat Kansas City, then you double it up with a blowout victory against the Cowboys. Now they're 8-6. and six. And for Buffalo, they're my pick out of the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. I think they will continue to get hot. They'll beat the Chargers this upcoming weekend. They'll beat the Patriots. And you got a big one with the Miami Dolphins that could decide the division. But Buffalo is a sleeping giant. And I think people are starting to realize that. Sure, the Ravens, 
one, the, you know, the best team right now in the AFC. Kansas City's got offensive problems, but still a force with 15. We know the Dolphins know how to get the ball in the end zone, but they can't win a big game. This is right there for Buffalo to have a legendary December and a legendary January and then be in the Super Bowl and playing for that Lombardi trophy. And finally, hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars just can't show up in a big game. And it's a shame, too. But you look at their three biggest games of the season this year. They were all at home. All at home. Against Kansas City, against the 49ers as well, and then the Baltimore Ravens. In those three games, they've been outscored 74-19. to 74-19. It's one thing to lose them all, but to not even have a pulse in the game. And in the first half, you had two missed field goals. Uh, you had a fumble by Lawrence. They couldn't get the ball snapped at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the first half, because you had a player tackled inbounds. And it was just a disaster. And all Lamar Jackson did was extend the plays and show his value. And unfortunately, the Ravens suffered another injury with Keita Mitchell, who was starting to play really well for them. Uh, but this is a Lamar Jackson 16-yard touchdown pass to a likely friend of his. Isaiah likely also got in the end zone the other week. And here is Lamar making it 10-0. Two receivers to the left, two tight ends right. Jackson in the gun, gets the snap, fakes the handoff, back to pass, fires down the middle, that's caught, touchdown Baltimore! Isaiah Likely makes the catch of the end zone, his second touchdown catch of the year, and the Ravens find six. Trevor Lawrence, 264 yards, a touchdown, two fumbles, suffered a concussion, he's in concussion protocol uh, right now. Lamar Jackson, 171 yards passing, one touchdown, one pick, and also 97 rushing yards. I bet him anytime touchdown last night, it was at plus 185, 175. How he did not get an anytime touchdown last night, a rushing touchdown, when they were at like the one, it was inconceivable to me. So let me just ask you this real quickly, guys. Ravens right now are the best team in the AFC. We had to go around the room. Who's the biggest threat to the Ravens in the AFC? Stu, we'll start off with you. I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. Ah, you're on the bandwagon. Samter? Oh, we know what his answer is. The team that I just uh, adopted, the Kansas City Chiefs. Right? Why do I sound like Mickey Mouse? Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, you don't I mean, sound like that. there's a lot like of that. things that you could say about me, but having a high-pitched voice is not one of them. <laughs> I think I'm just programmed to working with Hickey for, for all those years, and that's how I'd always imitate <laughs> Hickey, and he does have a high-pitched voice. So. Yeah, I think especially when he gets excited. No, no, but I and, – and I say this not just as a long-time devoted Chiefs fan. Yeah, about The Chiefs are absolutely six, six the months? biggest threat. Not even six months. Uh, just – I mean, close Since your eyes. Since September? For, yeah. Close your eyes for a second, mm -hmm. right? AFC Championship game. Okay. I'm Baltimore. Uh, you know, medium weather. Mm -hmm. Ravens down by three entering the fourth quarter. Okay. Against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift in the building? Taylor Swift is absolutely in the building. She's actually on the sideline for this game. Uh, oh, that's a loss. Yeah. Loss. She's, I mean, she's right there. She's right in the action. That's the Chiefs' loss. She's, she's actually Too much in pressure. the ear of Andy Pressure, uh, of Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah, he's right. She's right in the ear. She's talking on the headphones. You want a cheeseburger, big boy? Are you really <laughs> telling me that you have confidence in Lamar Jackson? Yeah. yeah. Against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? I, I, I will open my eyes. Lamar has played very well up against Kansas City. Um, and number two, Lamar Jackson continues to be the most disrespected player in the NFL. And I it's an love, absolute I joke. I love Lamar. All this guy does is 
is play well. All this guy does has exceeded expectations. And because he's had playoff shortcomings early on in his career, it's, oh, he can't win a big game. There's been a lot of great quarterbacks that did not win a Super Bowl until later on in their career had to overcome a lot of misfortunes. We had guys like idiots like Bill Pulley, and I'll make him a wide receiver, make him a running back. The guy's first two years in the league as a starting quarterback wins the MVP. Yeah, I believe in Lamar. I think Lamar can win a Super Bowl. I think that he can win it with his legs. And he can throw and he can make passes at times. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have any receivers. He's never had a great wide receiver. So it's not going to change in this year's playoffs. But he keeps on dominating and playing well. He Same thing as like the Cowboys, right? They look good no. in the regular season. No. They play well. He's a good quarterback. He's he's an elite-level quarterback, quarterback. But if they're down in a playoff game with bad weather and the pressure on him, I just I want to Remember believe Remember they were down in, against Tennessee in the playoffs him. and they came back? I no, want to believe in him. Win. I want to believe in him. All right, so you're taking Had the they gotten past the divisional round? No, no they, they haven't. haven't. That's a big deal. Okay, but like, did we? Uh, did you want to say that Peyton Manning wasn't a good quarterback? When every year he would lose in the postseason until uh, he finally got over the hump one year. The difference was Peyton Manning was breaking records with his arm left and right, and Lamar's not breaking records with his legs. Yeah, different okay. story. And he had a unanimous MVP as his first year as a starter in the NFL. All righty, Emmanuel, who's your pick? Uh, who's the biggest threat in the AFC uh, up against the Ravens? Miami. Oh, you're still going Miami. He's on the two and on. That's just so obvious. I am. I think they get He's overlooked. He's afraid of, of, of Tua Tunga Vailoa's people going after him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he doesn't no. want any of that smoke from the two and on. I think this narrative has been put in place that, okay, because they can't play in cold climates, or they mm. can't play on the road, that they can't win the AFC. But they've been the best team in the AFC outside of the ones you're mentioning. Okay, the Ravens, yeah. Right, the Ravens. So, if Man, we're looking beyond the Ravens, I think it's Miami. Game, though. Miami can't win a big game. But, until proven otherwise, this could be the year. Yeah, well, And I we'll think see. they're most well positioned to win this year in a wide open in a wide open conference. They could put up points. I think the Jalen Phillips loss is big. And they could be the one seed. They have a path the next three yeah. weeks. If they take care of business at the mm-hmm. one seed, they're playing at home, and it goes through Miami. Buffalo also beat them by 18 points. But anyway, right. uh, the answer is the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. All righty, they're getting hot at the right time. Josh Allen is an elite quarterback. And uh, they're a team that has had a lot of shortcomings the last few years, or they have folded in the big games a lot the last few years, and it would be so Bills-like to finally get over the hump after everyone has written them off. All righty, it is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's get the latest CBS Sports Radio update in with Emmanuel Bavari. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. 
Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, it's Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Major college football news. Dylan Riola, number one quarterback who was originally committed to Georgia, has flipped. He is now going to Nebraska with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Now, his father is a legendary Nebraska offense lineman. His uncle is on the staff. And not to do the wind horse fingers here, but this is like the least surprising thing ever. Because when you saw, really, the other day, Kyle McCord go to Syracuse, what does that tell you when everyone said Nebraska was getting Kyle McCord? Well, it tells you that they knew that Dylan Riola was flipping his commitment. And also, a big reason why McCord left Ohio State was because he wasn't guaranteed a starting job. So, if you couldn't guarantee Kyle McCord to be the starter at Nebraska, well, you could put two and two together on why so many people... We're hearing that Riola was going to Nebraska, and then it was just a matter of time before you put the ball across the end zone. And I don't think he wanted to announce it yesterday because the Nebraska volleyball team was playing in the national championship game, which they ended up losing. So uh, great get for Matt Rule. Uh, Tremendous uh, job by the uh, Cornhusker staff as you get a top player, Nebraska Cornhusker uh, legendary uh, uh, son, right? You know, going there and trying to follow in dad's uh, footsteps. And we would love to see Nebraska turn it around. And this year, their defense was awesome. Offensively, they had nothing. I watched every Nebraska game this year. That offense was painful. That offense was offensive to offense. With how many times they fumbled the football and turned over the football. Now they have their guy. Now they have their quarterback in Dylan Riola. And you hope uh, nothing but the best uh, for the Nebraska football uh, program. Because I went to Lincoln this year. Those fans are unbelievable. They are 100,000 people in the stadium each and every week, and they deserve a winner, and they care, and their passion is really second to none. All right, it's time to answer Ask the Pros question of the day, and it's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Jim in Philadelphia says, Zach, do you think Jalen Hurts should play tonight, or should they rest him? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag Ask the Pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low, 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 low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, before I give you my opinion, here is the report that's breaking right now from Rap Sheet Ian Rappaport. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, questionable with an illness, will play tonight against the Seahawks. Uh, that is per Ian and also Mike Garofalo. He's feeling well enough to go. Like, if this was a knee injury or an arm injury, yeah, I could understand you saying maybe you should rest him. But when we're talking about just an illness, I think you play him. And also, it's not as if this was a home game, but he flew on a different plane to Seattle, and he's already there. So I don't know what he has, you know, if he has the flu, if he has the sniffles, if maybe uh, David Carr tried to food poison Jalen Hurts, and now Big Dom is investigating this maybe. 
to try to get Marcus Mariota on the field. You know, I don't know what it is, but you knew there's a chance for Jalen Hurts to play. He was going to play. And once he got on that plane the other day and flew independently of the team, you're not just flying out there to see if you could be able to play. You're going to play no matter what. And I don't fault the Eagles for playing Jalen Hurts whatsoever tonight. Now, in terms of the game, this game means a lot. It means more to, even though the Eagles need a win, but now Patricia being their defensive coordinator, replacing Sean Desai, who's still on the staff, but he's going to call the plays. Uh, the Eagles need a win because they've lost two in a row, but this game means more for Seattle because at one point they were 6-3, and three, now they're 6-7. and seven. They lose this game at 6-8. and eight. You have no more wiggle room and no more margin of error where you have to win all three of your games down the stretch to even have an opportunity to make the playoffs. The line is uh, four points in favor of Philadelphia. I'll, I'll lay the four on Philly. Also, DeAndre Swift hasn't been in the end zone in some time. Let's see. The last time he had a touchdown was back on November 20th up against Kansas City. I, I think DeAndre Swift at like plus 155, plus 160 tonight uh, gets in the end zone and has an anytime touchdown. Especially with Hurts not 100%. I think they hand the ball off a little bit more and uh, tote the rock, as the kids say, to uh, DeAndre Swift tonight. So I lay the four with the Eagles, and I uh, go plus 155, plus 160 with DeAndre Swift to get into the end zone. All righty, that concludes our Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Big thanks to each and every one of you for listening and participating with the fine radio extravaganza that we host for you each and every Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern as well, and noon uh, Pacific to 3 p.m. Pacific as well. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll recap all the craziness from this Eagle-Seahawks game. I'm just hoping we get a good game. And like a lot of primetime games that don't turn out to be good games. Like last night, I thought the Ravens would win and would cover the number, but I was hoping for a good game. And at halftime, even though it was only 10-0, you knew that the Jaguars were, were cooked with the way that they projectile vomited all over themselves in the first half, missing the two field goals, fumbling the ball with Trevor Lawrence, not getting the ball off towards the end of the first half because the player was inbounds. So can we just get a good game? I'm not asking for much. Outside of the Eagles minus four and outside of DeAndre Swift anytime touchdown, but I just want it to be a close competitive game. We'll recap it tomorrow on Tuesday. We'll also uh, touch on some other sports happenings as well. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.